0: On today's of Tech and Learning, we talk about the EdTech market and how it's so unique. Hello everyone, my name is David Campman, and this is of Tech and Learning, where we cover technology, learning, and education, and everything in between. Welcome everyone back to of tech and learning so happy to have you here and today's topic is quite a fun one it's one that gets covered everywhere at least in the circles that I travel so uh, it is in on it is on Twitter on Facebook on LinkedIn it is on any convention I've ever gone to any conference I've gone to and in person at my own institution and other ones and just Chatting with educators, it comes up. So what is this topic that is just everywhere? Well, it's our ed tech market and how it's so unique. And I say it's unique because, well, quite simply, it's one of the few markets out there where the product that is being marketed, the educational technology, is not being marketed to the end user. It is being marketed to the institution, it is being marketed to the instructors, and it is being presented to the students. The students generally don't have any choice in their educational technology that they use in their schooling. When they go to start becoming a student, they enroll, they don't usually cover what type of technology they use in the classroom. Or if they do, it's usually a minor part of just showing them what there is all to see on the campus. So the end user is the student. They're the one that uses the technology the most. The instructor is the second most common user. Uh, Just sheer numbers, the students just win out of that. But it's often the institution that's most involved in the process of buying the technology. And that's so unique. Now, even if you take out the institution, which a lot of new technology companies are starting to do, they're starting to find ways to have the individual instructor be able to adapt and apply their technology to that instructor's classroom and not have to worry about the whole university using it you still are not reaching that complete end user. The instructor's using it, but they're not the student that is going to use it as well. So it's a very unique market on that side of it. Now, there's been a lot of articles I've seen talking about the educational technology market, and this one article by Phil Hill, and part of it was posted on the Chronicle of Higher Education, and the, he posted his full article. He said it might have been edited or something. Uh, it was posted on his website. Talks about the education technology market, and he talks about a whole bunch of different things. He talks about adoption rates and all these other types of things that goes into education technology. But he has a, one paragraph that I really like, where he talks about this. He's saying that we don't have it that easy in education. We have to think of adoption differently than the consumer tool like LinkedIn. And that is a a very important part of education technology. It's not consumer tools that we're dealing with. And for anyone who's ever dealt with a vendor, you, you go in that knowing right away. Because when you go out there you're looking for technology and, I mean, most educators are looking for ones that would provide a valuable impact on student learning, period. That's their focus point. But there's other factors too, you know, how user-friendly it is, but it's really about that key part. It's not about what is hip or cool or how many people are using it. I've I see some tools and they tell me this is being used at these universities that really means nothing to me because my students aren't at those universities and just because it's being used at those universities does not mean it's being impactful versus the consumer market where you want to saturate the market that's the way to win Facebook won social or at least they did originally because they completely saturated market they got everybody young old women men children everybody everybody was using Facebook and as they started to gain momentum one of the biggest selling points Facebook offered was the fact that everybody else was on it so it was beneficial for you to be on Facebook as well as a consumer because that's where your friends were at that's where your family was at but Education technology is different. So that university's on it. Good for them. That doesn't mean that I have to be on it. And it creates quite an interesting conundrum for the educational technology because they can't use large growth as a selling point to have people want to use it. So what do they use as their selling point? Well, going back to what I already said, they have to show that students will learn. One of the best ways to ensure that a university or an instructor will use this in their classroom is that they can go and say, hey, we've done this X number of times and we've had this rate of improved uh, retention on information, or re- improved engagement, which is the go-to word right now, or whatever. But are you catching the little con- the another conundrum here, the little catch twenty-two, right? In order to get people to use the technology, you have to show that it works, but people won't use it if it won't work or if you can't verify that it works okay so i really feel bad for a lot of those companies that are new trying to sell So how are they getting those first people using it well going back to phil there's probably one way that phil shows off here that they this is how they're getting it so he talks about the ed tech enthusiast Your innovators, your early adopters, the people who are willing to go before that chasm where it's the make or break for technology. Those are the people that they're going after. And I don't think they're doing good enough of that. And it's in part because of money and in part because of trying to find these people. But they're not doing that good of a job trying to really get at all those ed tech enthusiasts. Okay, I know this. Firsthand, because I'd like, I pretty much consider myself an ed tech enthusiast. And I don't think I'm being, you know, inundated with enough requests or enough, hey, look at this, hey, look at this. I don't think there's enough of them that I'm seeing that matches how much there is out there. So either they're doing just fine, which I would argue they're not, or they're not understanding that this is what they need to do, that there are groups of educators out there that would be willing to at least look at technology before there's that study done and look at it and wonder, could this work and try it out and see how it goes? Because that's what's needed. For innovation to happen, people have to try things. And education has a very long and storied history at this. I mean, a lot of institutions have innovation centers. They have educators throughout history that have adapted to new technology. Well, how do they do it? They tried it out and see what worked. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, throwing out the classroom setting or something like that. I'm saying if there's a new tool, that could be useful maybe it's an app that is distributed out to students maybe it's a website or maybe in ed tech people the vendors the businesses why not a bot we have this wonderful robot that all schools use called an lms why not put bots into it i mean it's a no-brainer but whatever moving on that's a topic for another day so edtech tech enthusiasts are out there vendors aren't finding them at least they're not finding me and I find that kinda sad cuz I'm kind of loud so I'm out there But they are finding some people which is good and they are starting to get some traction and hopefully they can get enough traction but Straddling that chasm, that's, that's difficult. And a, most of the ed tech companies I've seen have yet to do that. They've really, really struggled. I mean, even some of the bigger startups out there have some struggle jumping that leap. Uh, VoiceThread is one. I think VoiceThread's kind of passed that chasm now. They've had enough adopters at a lot of institutions that it's kind of spread it took them a long time to do that and I'm happy that they made it and I'm happy that they're successful but it's a difficult jump and I would love to hear how people think that those in education can help to support or help encourage the better of the education technology companies to you know cross that chasm because that's one more thing that's different about the education technology market than the consumer markets we want the best to succeed for me to use a tool that is wonderful and it works so well for my classroom my biggest fear And it's a big fear of all the people who try out new tools is that this tool is going to disappear in a month or two months or a year or whatever. That is a fear that everybody has because then you're recreating stuff. And especially if it's a really good one that works well, it's disappointing. If you lose a bad tool that you didn't want to continue using anyway, eh, so what? But those good ones, the ones that are very successful and very easy to use, those are the ones that educators worry about. So educators that have used it and find things to be really successful, they can become the influencer market, so to speak, if you want to think about the consumer world. They can try to become that for them. And this is where businesses in the education technology market need to step up and really improve. Okay, You are no longer, once you have someone working with you for a while, you are no longer dealing with them as a client or a customer. If a certain professor or institution has had really good adoption rate, and more people are wanting to use it, and they're very happy with your product, you have that potential for someone to speak for you that has the word and the, the kind of the impact with the rest of the audience that you do not have. The educators have the ability to speak to their own audience that will trust them because they're using it with their own students. They have that evidence with their own students at the very least that they've seen improvement. So while it's not like the influencer market, it is closer to a very extremely valuable word-of-mouth market, like 10 times as effective. If I heard one of my colleagues say, this tool improved my class time, I saved so much time, and my students learned, it was wonderful. You, You know what? At the very least, I'm trying it. And when I hear other educators talking to people who may have not been the quote-unquote innovators, guess what? That's exactly what they thought too. They go, well, you are interested in it and it seemed to help you and your students. I'm going to give it a go too. So we have such a unique market. The education world is so unique in general and in so many ways that That does not surprise me that the education technology market is exactly the same. It is unique. And let's capitalize on that uniqueness. Instead of thinking of the school and the teacher as the person you're trying to rope in as a business, think of them as a potential partner, a potential member of your community. And when you think of it that way, then you're going to have real change. Then you're going to get people to try your product. They might even pay for it right away. If they think that you are working to improve student learning and you want them to use it, so you can improve student learning even more you're gonna get more people to want to try it as opposed to going around and people saying look now we have these ways you can search for this and we added these features woo work with the educators work to improve student learning then you understand your market Okay. Side note, for all of you people in the education technology market that are trying to sell your products and you're trying to grow and all that stuff, I feel for you because I know that you are trying at the same time to get investors to keep your market going because sometimes it's hard to get enough growth with enough money from the clients to you know, keep growing and to keep paying for everything so you, you'll, you need those investors and those investors do not necessarily care about student learning outcomes they care about growth they care about those consumer market metrics so I feel for you and that will be a topic for another time so thank you all for listening I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode talking about the education technology market and all the craziness that ensues within. So, and it's so crazy, really, that, like I said, there's going to be at least one more episode about this topic. It is literally that crazy. And I want to give you a quick teaser. Uh, One of the next topics we're going to talk about is uh, this wonderful new conference that I'm going to be attending later in April, the Online Learning Consortium's Innovate Conference. Now, I've been to a decent number of conferences and this one seems genuinely unique. I'm hoping that I will not sit through sessions listening to a person talk about a topic for more than a half hour all, possibly, where I'm not doing anything actively engaged in that session. Now, spoiler alert, I never sit through a half hour doing nothing. I am on Twitter. I'm on whatever. I'm doing stuff, but it's not orchestrated with the rest of the group in that session. So I'm looking forward to a bunch of sessions where there is that focused effort to encourage all kinds of wonderful collaboration with with the audience and the presenter. So it should be a lot of fun. All right, so you guys have a very wonderful day, and thank you for taking time to spend it with me.